forward comes in. Jamie Lennon watched it all the way. And he fires it back down towards that corner once more. As indeed there is the final whistle from John McLaughlin and St. Pat's have won it. They left it very, very late indeed. Dara Burns and Billy King, the two substitutes for St. Pat's. Well, they combined well and they found the winner. There's a good ball in from uh, Robbie. Um, just made a run across the defender and then luckily just got a little touch on my hip and then kneed it in. It was lucky enough, but look, they all count, so delighted to get off the mark. But overall, um, very, very pleased. And we've a couple more levels to go up to as well. I think the players believe that themselves. That we've only started the season, but we've shown you know a lot of good characteristics that we need. You are very welcome to Talking Saints, the official St. Patrick's Athletic Podcast. The voices there of Watch Otherwise, Siobhan Madigan. Ronan Coughlin, the scorer of our first goal in that dramatic 2-1 win over Drawdy United on Saturday. And manager Alan Matthews speaking to RTE Sport as we made it four points from six at the start of the 2021 SSE Airtricity Premier Division season. Attention now turns to another Dublin derby against Bohemians at Dalymount Park on Saturday at six o'clock. We'll be getting the views of head coach Stephen O'Donnell and asking defender Sam Bone a very important question. Obviously, Bows are going to be looking at this game as a massive game, as are we. And uh, you know, points on the board or points on the table will go out the window once the once kickoff comes at six o'clock. It's all about the there and then. Yeah, there's a very good clip on our social media channels. If you haven't seen it, follow at St Pat's FC of uh, Sam pushing the pack of of celebrating players somewhere. Yeah. Tell me more. Like I said, it was my first game in seven months, first competitive game. So I needed that extra thirty seconds, extra thirty forty seconds. So it was a case of. Billy scored the goal and decides to run towards the flipping halfway line. Whereas I was like, nah, 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 go to the corner. Yeah, interviews with Stephen and Sam coming up in a few moments' time. We'll also be shining a light on our St. Pat's in the community pre-season with Pat's programme, which finished up a couple of weeks ago, which saw 27 supporters link up with four coaches from the club, effectively to do a virtual pre-season alongside the first team. We'll hear from coach Rob Cullen and two of the participants, big Saints fans, Greg Kelly and Nathan Doyle. The strength in, in the, the whole programme was the people that were in it. It was the people supporting and encouraging each other. I have gained from it immensely um, in, a, in, a, in a positive way with my fitness and my health, but also that link back to the club. I think it's easy to, to, uh, to come together when, when you're doing well, but like when, when things aren't going to plan the way they are now, like the world is an absolute mess. I think that's when you really see people step up and, and you're seeing it with the fans. And then we'll hear from Saints Academy man Taylor Mooney on completing his 4x4x48 challenge. He ran four kilometres every four hours for two days, including at like midnight, 4am, 8am, etc. And raised over €3,000 for the cardiac unit at Crumlin Children's Hospital, all in aid of his little brother Lennon who tragically passed away at just one day old back in 2010. It was a great achievement. Like, obviously, not too many 15-year-olds think of attempting it, obviously. I mean, I'm not sure I would do it again for a while anyway. But, uh, oh yeah, I was wrote off for a couple of days. Definitely Sunday and the Monday was really... I was staying in bed all day and just relaxing, just recovering from all the runs. Yeah, that's all on the way. If you're watching us on YouTube or listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, or wherever else you get your podcasts, I think we're on six or seven different podcast networks at this stage. You are very welcome. Thanks for joining us for episode three of this brand new podcast. We're going to have two episodes for you every month with myself, Jamie Moore. So if you're listening, you've already found us, obviously, but I'd like to spread the word if possible. So please feel free to tell your friends, tell your family, tell the saints in your life either on WhatsApp or on social media, or whatever way you want to tell them about talking, saying if they're out for a walk, a run, a cycle, in the car, commuting, making the dinner, whatever they might be doing, if they want to listen to our St. Pat's podcast twice a month, please let them know where to find it. Now, let's waste no more time and get the show on the road by focusing on pre-season with Pat's. This is Talking Saints, the official St. Patrick's Athletic podcast with myself, Jamie Moore, and we're focusing now on pre-season with Pat's. A fantastic initiative brought forward by our community officer, David Morrissey, to basically get 27 supporters to do pre-season alongside the first team, but virtually, if that makes sense. And lots of focus on fitness, mental well-being, physical well-being, and also diet and nutrition, and also the connection of actually being with like-minded people 
leading up to another League of Ireland season. And to tell me more, I'm joined by a number of people involved in the programme, two of the participants in Greg Kelly and Nathan Doyle are here, and also one of the coaches, Rob Cullen. Lads, you're very welcome. How are you? Good, Jamie. Good, thanks. Thanks, Jamie. Yeah. Feeling fitter than what he was a couple of weeks ago, anyway. <laughs> yes, of course. And we're all very happy with the, the start of the season for the first team on the pitch as well, with four points from the opening two games, looking ahead to another derby against Bowles, which you might talk about in a while, lads. Uh, Rob, if I start with you first, you might just give us an overview of, of what the programme was, the idea behind it, and ultimately how it all went. Yeah, sure. Um, like you said, it was Dave Morrissey had come to myself um, probably early in the year just to see if it was something that we'd be interested in getting involved in. So my own background is a little bit in nutrition, but more just around going through the experience of weight loss or so seeing if we could bring some of that you know, to the table. And some of the lads would have known me when I was 20 stone as well. So it, it's, I'd say it was easy for them to sort of connect and say, oh, yeah, that's the guy that used to be that size. And now he's that size. So he's, he's been there, done that. But the program itself was, you know, it wasn't a competition. It was to bring Pat supporters together for the six, six weeks before the season to get them a little bit healthier, a little bit fitter, to support each other, you know, to encourage each other to eat healthy, do a little bit of exercise. So we had Noel and Sean and Dave and myself involved um, and just using simple programs, you know, Sean put together some uh, training sessions, Noel put together some training sessions. Uh, we worked through WhatsApp, Zoom and, and, and Strava. So, but everybody keeping an eye on each other and what they were doing and supporting each other. And then, you know, that encouragement and accountability at the, at the end of the week. So it's putting together little bits of, of a program, if you like, to, to give them some sort of ideas on, on food, ideas of exercise. But I think food and exercise, like personal training, it's personal. So I made sure, you know, on the food side of things, we weren't telling people what to eat. We were giving them a few sort of guidelines as to maybe having three meals, you know, one snack during the day. Um, or three snacks during the day and maybe one treat in the evening but letting them choose themselves what they want to eat and what exercise suits them so you're doing stuff that you love you're, you're enjoying your food you're enjoying the exercise there's no point in going out for a run if you don't like running or trying to get on a bike if you don't like cycling and, and food is a bit like that as well so it was it was trying to put a program together and but I think that the main thing and I've said it before it, the strength in, in the, the whole program was the people that were in it it was the people supporting and encouraging each other. You know, Greg would get out for a walk at eight o'clock in the morning, which would spur me on to get up and get out for a walk, which would spur somebody else on to go out and do something else. And I think that's what happened all the time. It was just everybody just spurring each other on. And that's why it worked really well. Yeah, interested to hear from the lads who were on, I suppose, the six weeks um, in terms of how you found it. So if we start with you, Greg, your own experience of, of, I suppose, from when you first signed up. And I remember when the idea was sent on to me by Dave Morrissey, I think we were hoping for between seven and 10 people to do the program. And we had almost 30 on it in the end. So how was it for you from when you first heard about it to starting it to going through the six weeks? Yeah, that was, I tell you, it was a nice journey. It was a very good journey to, to, to be on. Um, when I first got the email or when I first saw out online, I wasn't 100% sure what it was about. But I just thought, look, you know, anything to help evolve with, with something during lockdown, I, I said I'd sign up. So signed up uh, through email, got a few, few more details. And I got a bit worried, thinking, oh, my God, what, what have I let myself in for? Because uh, all Dave kept saying is you're going to be doing what the players do for pre-season, getting ready for the season in six weeks. My first thought was this is going to be intense. Um, do I have the, the willpower and the time to, to do it? Um, but as... As we came closer to the first day, so the first day was the start with all of us meeting on Zoom. Um, I said, look, I'll give it a go as far as there and go from there. And I tell you, from the first 10 minutes on the Zoom call, I thought, actually, this is something I can do. Because I think as Rob was saying, the lads, the coaches, Niall and, and that had set out a programme. And it wasn't a programme where, you know, you were strict, you had to do X, Y and Z. And um, it was your goal for the week is, so for example, Niall would give us a, a walking, running or cycling goal for the week, you know, and the whole idea was to walk from Mission Park to a football ground or football grounds that's a played over over the years um, so the first one we were given I think was Sligo um, and of course then for my first thought was walking, I haven't done much walking lately um, due to COVID and stuff, it's something I would go out and, and, and do but when I found out it was 24 to 27 of us and split it between us 
it made it an achievable goal. I think the first week we had to do 10 kilometers each um, spread over a week. So that encouraged me to go out and start doing the walk and um, three or four times a week. Um, and then we had a WhatsApp group set up, which um, I have to say was probably one of the best things we did. Um, all the participants, you know, tell you, I've gone out and done 5K or 2K or I've ran whatever distance. Um, so you can see, as I think as Rob said, and just to clarify, I never got up at 8 o'clock and did a walk, Rob. And <laughs> 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 um, while I enjoyed, enjoyed doing the walk, and I don't think I, I got up early to do it, but there was people that did, and it did encourage you because you could be going to work or, or, or at home working from home, and you'd see this message say, just gone out and done three. 3k on my lunch and you think actually i've got lunch coming i can do that one of the best things we did i was with food um it made me rethink I, I i enjoy cooking i like cooking at home but it did make me rethink what i was doing food wise um so instead of grabbing the, the, the quick snack pizza frozen pizza or something i actually sat down and went home here what am i going to have for dinner got the ingredients and enjoyed cooking um, but one of the best things about it was just like Robert put an idea up and someone would say, this is mine. And it would be, you know, what Robert put up or what one of the other participants have put up. And it might look the same, but they would look, it tastes nice. Or um, certain people going in and, and, and trying uh, meat-free uh, days of, of having no meat and uh, getting the, you know, the laugh and the crack we had from that was brilliant. Um, but the journey from start to finish, I have to say, and, and I've continued it for two weeks. I, I haven't done as much walking since we stopped, but um, I'd set myself personal goals of, of losing weight. I know it wasn't a weight loss program, but um, I've smashed all the goals and I've I've lost even more weight since since, since we finished. So it's, it's, it's one of these things that started something in my life and hopefully everyone else's, and I've continued it. Yeah, and we'll certainly talk more towards the end about what people hope to do after the program because, you know, the six weeks was, was so positive. But as you said, we're now two weeks after it and a lot of people have still continued. For you, Nathan, how would you sum up your own experience on it? Yeah, it's um, obviously well, when we'd done it, everybody was on their own path, I think, and they'd done it for their own reasons. And when I was listening to some of the guys saying what he'd done it, I was a little bit, like, on the first week, I was like, oh, God, I only really done it just to, Obviously, to, to back up an initiative that the club has done, there's been some great work going on in the club and around the community. So to see it, it's something like this happen, it, it's never been done before in the club. So I just pretty much wanted to make sure the numbers were there and to do it. But as Greg said, after uh, probably about 10, 15 minutes of the first uh, Zoom call together, I was like, God, now this is going to be good. This is going to be enjoyable. Just seeing all the familiar faces and hearing that it's going to be a team group. You know, so I, I'd be pretty team orientated. And knowing that we have say a 10 10k goal to hit like you had to make sure i reached that you know we didn't want to let anybody down i didn't want to let the side down where if i was to do stuff on my own i can put i can sort you know i can talk to myself about things and, and, and take accountability but now i have to be accountable for others so it, it just wasn't an option and in terms of of hitting goals and things like that that was the main thing thing towards it and plus jamie a big one for me is um I, i'm living out of dublin the past couple of years and through the pandemic, I think we can all agree it's very easy to become disconnected with a lot of stuff. And I've come disconnected a little bit, you know, from home. I haven't been home since Christmas now, which for some people that might not seem like a big thing. But for me, you know, a big family family person, you know, it's, it's, it's a long time. So to see familiar faces that I knew, like I knew a lot of the guys, um, even just, 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 just to see. So to see them faces and to have that connection with the club and with Inchicore and, and with Dublin as, as a whole was... It was absolutely vital during some months and it really kept me going uh, through a couple, a couple of days where you didn't really want it. As Greg said, you know, you could wake up, you'd see people are active in Strava, they're active in the WhatsApp group and all of a sudden, you know, like I better get myself in the gear. I can't let the side down. Yeah, and it's uh, lovely to see that you're saying Pat's gear is with you wherever you are in the world, Nathan, as well. And I think that's something I was, I was speaking to Rob on the phone earlier on and, and I wanted to, to, to ask him or, or ask everybody on the call about that, the, the virtual connection that we've all become so used to in the last year, really. And, you know, I would have managed under 19s through the pandemic last year with Niall and with John Donoghue and, and Sean Fogarty, actually. And we did similar with, you know, Zoom calls and when they were doing Strava runs and we were doing FIFA tournaments and quizzes. And I know I felt, even though I was in my own house, that I, I still had a connection to them. And I was lucky enough to be able to, to watch back all of the Zoom calls that you guys were on across the six weeks. And, and just, as you said, to see the faces, to see the WhatsApp group, to see the Strava, 
even though everybody was in their own 5k and in their own house or their own local park rob they were actually also together as a group yeah and, and that was a big thing as well of, of, about bringing people together and that connectivity you know because we're not down at the games because we're not seeing each other you know every week um, and a lot of us again working from home stuck from home all the time and it's the knock-on effect of the pandemic so it was a way of bringing everybody together and just you know I mean we know there's going to be knock-on effects of the pandemic an awful lot you know longer after it comes and goes and where people's mental health and and you know I'm always talking about mental health in the day-to-day job and, and the, you know everything we do on a day-to-day basis starts up here like you have to be in the right mindset if you want to go out and do that exercise, if you want to lose a bit of weight, it all starts in the head. So it's being in the right headspace, but bringing people together to support each other is, is really important and keeping us connected. And it kept us busy for the six, the six weeks anyway, you know, it definitely kept me busy, but it, it keeps you busy in a good way, you know, in that you're, you're active, you're, you're looking on the, the WhatsApp group, you know, instead of scrolling through social media, you're looking on the WhatsApp group, for that inspiration, for that, what are what's everybody else doing? What's everybody else having for dinner? Any ideas that we can have? And there was always questions coming to and from, you know, different participants as well. And everything seemed to go in the group. Like I was getting a few personal things and done a few one-to-one calls and sessions with the guys as well. But generally, everybody was open, which was brilliant. You know, I tried this or what will I cook with this or asking Sean about exercise or asking Noel about something as well. So everybody was open as well. And we all just felt like one big group, which was brilliant. Yeah, it seems for lots of people who've been at home for the last year that actually spending more time preparing food and thinking about food as in what they want to eat and, and stuff, you know, speaking from a personal point of view myself, I, I've really enjoyed actually having home cooked meals most nights for the whole time and learning to cook new things and, and, you know, for you guys as well, watching the calls and stuff, and I think from listening earlier on to Greg, he, he was speaking a little bit about, you know, the, the different types of bits that, that you learn to cook. And um, because you have the time as well, you're not in the office or you're not out every night a week. And of course, we do want to be back in the office and we do want to be out at our own training sessions and matches. But to actually, Greg, have the time to put into to thinking about meal prep and cooking is something that I know you guys all really, really bought into. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I mean, I suppose with everyone throwing ideas and, and, and you're replacing certain foods, it's so easy just to throw a, a bit of pasta on and make a, a quick spaghetti bolognese and just keep doing something similar to that every night um, filling up on too much carbs, not thinking about your eating because you haven't got the time yet. The pandemic is, I suppose, it's one one good point of, of it. The more time we have in the kitchen um, so you can actually decide, look, instead of cooking certain I'm going to add veg instead and, and yeah you take the time to prepare and I actually find that the food uh, the meals taste much nicer you can take care of preparing it because you have the right uh, ingredients and, and not just throwing something together and eating it because you're just in from work the kids have to, to, to do their homework or, or whatever is going on in your life and um, that, that does it makes a massive difference definitely yeah and as well one of the things that was I suppose different because some other organizations and clubs have, have been doing stuff similar as well but for you guys to have actually been on the zoom once a week and also to have had a first team player with you each week to talk about their own lifestyle their own diet their own I remember even Sam Bone talking about his recovery and the the Epsom salts in the bath and Lee Desmond was on Robbie Benson was on John Mountie was on all these are our top top athletes but also top people Nathan and to be able to hear how they live their lives and then also maybe to be able to ask them some questions with regards to, to their own, you know, their own life, but also pre-season, how it's going, how are the new signings settling in? It was a nice way for you guys in a small group to be able to connect to, to the first team players. Again, it's going back to that sense of community that uh, not only within the, the WhatsApp group and the group that we were involved in, but that's what the league is, isn't it? That's the League of Ireland. It's a community in itself and... A lot of us are missing going to the games because of the social aspect. So, yeah, that to have that was absolutely brilliant. And in fairness to the lads, I think we'll all agree, every one of them that came on was so approachable, so friendly. There was, like, there was you know, sometimes you can meet and there can be a little bit of ego and a fairness. There was none of that. They were the nicest guys you could ever imagine. And while, like, I know while we're all adults and, like, it's probably gone past the age of looking up to people, but like these are players, you know, you, you pay your hard earned money to see and you, you respect them. You, you love what they do for the club, you love what that they wear the badge of pride. So to see them just pop on and be so approachable and, and help you with any questions you may have, whether they, they might even be stupid questions in your voice, 
like I think I was asking Jamie Lennon about like chicken wing places or something like that. And in fairness to him, you know, it was straight away with answers. And so to, to see them be that approachable, and it, it was so good to see, you know, and it really does um, galvanise that sense of community that, that the club is having at the moment. Yeah, I enjoyed certainly listening to the lads talking sometimes as well about their cheat meals. And, and it's interesting to hear an elite sports person talking about, well, if we do win on a Friday and I've eaten well all week, like any other person who eats yeah. well all week at the weekend, you know, you're allowed to have your cheat meal or your treat, Rob, as you mentioned. And it was interesting to hear, you know, speak, speak listen to some of the lads about after a win on a Friday or Saturday, if they're off on the, on the next day, that they, they allow themselves to stop off at the chipper or the Chinese on the way home. And I think, like, I was surprised. I mean, I, I remember week one going back and I was trying to convince everybody of the 20 or 30 different porridge recipes that I have um, and sharing them on. And, and I think it was falling on, on deaf ears with some people and some people attempted them and they looked, and, and I'd say tasted terrible as well. Um, but for week one, I think it was Lee Desmond, like, was on straight away. His favourite food was porridge and he was... I think nearly every single one of the lads that were on mentioned that the e-porridge and it's, it's going to great. You're looking at, you know, some of the lads obviously are older than us and some of them are younger than us. But it's like now, see, I told you, look, look what Lee Desmond is doing. Look what Robbie Benson is doing. And you're trying to say to these, you know, pupils, if you like, are these, you're nearly looking upon them as, as children say, look, you have to listen to what these guys are saying. These are eating this type of food as well. And even the lads that were having cheat meals, and I was trying to emphasize in some of the nights, like these lads are running 15, 20 kilometers every day. So yeah. long you can have a pizza or wherever every night. You know, you can have it once a week, no problem. But I think it was it was it was really encouraging to hear the lads because I think the League of Ireland can get a bad rep that, you know, they're not really professional. You don't take it too serious, you know, they're still out boozing, they're still out eating. But the lads didn't come across like that at all. They're lads that were really had great attitude towards, you know, fitness, towards, you know, looking after themselves. And they were like extremely professional in their approach to, to food, nutrition, you know, exercise, keeping themselves fit. And yes, they might, even when, when some of the lads were asked, you know, off season what they were eating, you know, they kind of had, especially I think Jamie Lennon was mentioning that, like it, it's, it's 24 seven, it's 12 months of the year. You look after yourself all the time. And I think that came across really well. And, and it, it was encouraging for other people to, to see and hear as well. Yeah, we have to mention as well, a lady called Mary Roach, who was on all the calls as well, who is a life coach and, you know, added some excellent expertise and insights for everybody uh, on the programme as well, to, to all the lads and the ladies who were, who were on it. Lads, just finally to bring it back to St. Pat's and, and the programme was called pre-season with Pat's. And, you know, one other thing I really enjoyed was, was being able to see and I was only watching it as an observer to try and get some clips for social, but to see everybody in their different spots, but in their different Pat's gear and, you know, St. Pat's people as a group and even at the weekend there, the stadium empty, but still everybody knew And you speak to Alan and Stephen and the players and they know the support is coming from everywhere, even though it's not there. The Shed and Invincibles put together a brilliant display, so much work done in Richmond to make it look fantastic for the first home game. And that's because of it's, it's the, the power of St. Pat's and I'm sure Nathan yourself and Greg as as two supporters I'm sure you felt that through the programme yeah big time and I, I know I harped on about it but it is a community and, and you can really feel it um, I think you, you feel it more through testing times don't you I think it's easy to to, uh, to come together when, when you're doing well but like when, when things aren't going to plan the way they are now like the world is an absolute mess I think that's when you really see people step up and, and you're seeing it with the fans you know um, I've seen fans from all over the world on match days having selfies up on social media head to toe and Pat's gear like I said the Shed and Invincibles he decked out uh, Richard Park it looked absolutely fantastic I thought and yeah it really is and it's a pleasure to see you know and it does make you proud as a fan you know because we all we're all sweating to get back into the grounds. We really are, you know. Like every time I even see a photograph of Richard Park, I'm eyeing up my little spot in the Kamak and I'm like, ah, oh, I'll be back there one day. But look, it's it, everything that's been going on with the club through the pandemic. I've been really proud to be a Saint supporter I and mean, I've been really proud to uh, to, to fly the flag and, and to, to see what the club is doing. And for you, Greg, something similar? Yeah, definitely. I look at myself and my son to all the games, try to get as many away games as possible. So it's just something that's been missing from our lives. It's, six weeks um, ha has really helped. Um, it's a bit like, you know, taking what we used to do years ago when, when I started following past with the likes of Ozo and stuff, you'd meet them before matches or after matches in matches and stuff. Has been lost for a while. This has sort of brought it back in with meeting the players. The players coming onto our Zoom once a week was brilliant. I have to say every single one of them were a credit 
uh, to the first team to the club and um, their advice their their stories um, and how they bought into um, our participation was brilliant and hopefully seeing 20 odd fans participating in three seasons actually helped them especially the newer players realize what a special club we, we actually have um, and what the club actually means to the supporters um, like it was an honor for me to, to join this program I have gained from it immensely um, in, a, in, a, in a positive way with my fitness and my health but also that link back to the club the fact that we can't stand on the camera or I sit in the main stand with my son beside the uh, SEI lads um, that we can't be there on match days um, has brought us a little bit closer to the club in this off season because we were able to, to participate and link in with them um, and the, the, one of the things I noticed with the players um, was they seem to be talking about our participating training because um, I mean, Lee Desmond was the first on and then like he told us what pre-season they were only a week into pre-season he was telling us what it was like uh, plenty of running trying to get fitness back up by the time we got to say to say Jamie Lennon and he was saying yeah I was talking to Robbie Benson who told me this and you know they were all talking about the training and that's just what makes you feel like you know oh, there is a connection hopefully between what we've done and what the players done we'll see the players benefit hopefully over the season as you said, the start of the season has been good. They have to be happy and win and a, a draw in our first two games. Um, and hopefully we'll see their progression as the season goes on. And they've seen a dedication we've had. Would be nice. Yeah, they sure have. Rob, lastly, to finish, and, and you know, from listening to you guys for the last 25 minutes, it does seem that the six weeks wasn't just a six weeks and once the last Zoom call finished, that that was it, that, that people have whether it be something to do with their diet or their exercise or their connection to St. Pat's or a couple of new, new friends they met on the, on the program, that this is not something that after the six weeks will we'll just finish and, and that hopefully touch wood, the, you know, each individual person would, would have taken different things from it and they will hopefully be able to continue to use them. And who knows, this program might be able you know, to continue virtually or continue every now and again or this time next year, even when things are back to normal. That it, that it can be something that that you know has been a fantastic start for people to to really kick on with. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we we always started it off like that that it was going to be pre-season, but leading into you know further down the line. And I know, look, it's all about consistency. Whether you're looking to get fit or lose weight, you have to keep doing it all the time. So it's all all about consistency. It's about you know the difference between knowing something and doing it. We all know what we should do to lose weight, to get fitter, you know, to be healthier. It's actually doing it on a consistent basis. And I think the six weeks sort of builds builds it in people's minds it, it creates habits and good habits and it creates that community as well and look we're still posting in the whatsapp group you know we're still encouraging people on people are still posting their weight loss you know every week so it will continue i've no doubt about it and look people's lives are going to change from it i've i've been a, a beneficial of that you know over the last few years having lost all the weight and i know what it leads to and the energy it brings you and and the results you can get further down the line because of it and i, I know from talking to the lads that it will and and they're not gonna none of them are quitters, which is great. So they're they're gonna keep going and they're gonna, you know, lose more weight, become healthier, get fitter, and in the meantime, keep that connectivity with, with other people, other fans as well, which is brilliant. Yeah, great stuff. Well, that's Rob Cullen, one of the coaches, and well done as well to Sean Ford, you know, Cully, Dave Morrissey, the community officer, and also Mary Roach, Greg Kelly, and Nathan Doyle. Thanks for jumping on. And I know everybody in the whole WhatsApp group was so engaged with what went on over the six weeks. So I, I must say it, it seemed to go fantastically well so hope you've enjoyed it thanks for jumping on for the chat lads and we do hope to see you in richmond at some stage soon when this government of ours allows some supporters back in to cheer us on we might get greg standing on the comac now <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah yeah sure why not <laughs> definitely jamie thanks very much for taking time to talk to us yeah, no problem lads. thanks for coming thanks. on to talk and saying to you chat you again soon cheers thanks yeah, great stuff there from Nathan Doyle, Greg Kelly and coach Rob Cullen telling us all about pre-season with Pats on Talking Saints. You can find out loads more. There was a great article in a couple of the newspapers during the week that featured in our The Saint Match program, which you can read in full and for free on stpatsfc.com. You can also follow our community officer. His name is David Morrissey. It's Dave underscore Pats on Twitter for all of the latest Saints in the community updates. You are listening to Talking Saints with myself, Jamie Moore. Thanks very much for joining us. We're going to turn the focus now to the first team. And a big win over Draw United on Saturday. Last gasp winner, thanks to Billy King. Great cross by Dara Burns in the 90th minute to secure a 2-1 victory over Draw United. That was our first game back at Richmond Park in like 138 days. And there's a full 
It's a really cool behind-the-scenes video shot by Bernardo Santos. It's on our YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and IGTV, where you can really get an inside look. We're going to do our very best, even though supporters can't be in the stadium with us, to bring them as close to the action as possible. Bernardo got fantastic footage of the two goals as well, particularly Billy King's winner from behind that goal. So you'll find that on those social media channels. In a couple of minutes' time, we're going to catch up with the head coach, Stephen O'Donnell, to look back on that game and ahead to Saturday's match against Bohemians. But first, Sam Bone returned to action for the first time in around eight months for a start in that match. He'd been out with a serious injury picked up during his time at Waterford, of course. He came off the bench in the Shamrock Rovers game, but started and played the full 90 minutes in that win. He's been telling me about his road to recovery. So here with Sam Bone on our Talking Saints podcast. A big smile on his face. Sam, a long seven months out, you came off the bench in the Shamrock Rovers game and you made your first start in the win against Drogheda at the weekend. So you're uh, quite a happy boy to be back after a tough few months. Yeah, delighted now. Look, it's been a, a difficult seven months. Um, it was a bit of a crazy injury. Um, and like I said, it was a difficult sort of rehab phase. Got a taste of it back at the start of pre-season. Obviously played uh, half an hour in that court game, but then there's a few comp- uh, complications with it. Um, and then last week, obviously, managed to make my debut in the the Rovers game. But uh, 48 hours before that, I didn't even think I was on the bench. It was more so a case that if if Paddy, you know, if something happens to the defence, right, Sam, you're on. So um, I wasn't, you know, I hadn't even trained before that. Um, and then I come on, and then obviously got good weeks of training in last week, and, and was available for the game. Uh, just delighted to be back. It's been, like I said, to you, a crazy seven months. Um, a lot of hard work and. And look, to last night in my second game on Saturday uh, sort of shows, you know, that I did the work and I've taken care of myself and, you know, just delighted to be back. Talk me through some of the things that come to mind about the seven months and the challenges that you faced, where you were mentally, where you were physically and how it felt to start the game and be proper back on Saturday. Yeah, it was, look, it sounds silly, but it was really, it was quite emotional after the game, you know. After the game, there was a lot of flashbacks of, of how difficult it was. Um, Matty Smith would tell you he was with me the first six weeks of the of the operation, I was stuck in a cast, 90 degrees like that, for six weeks and wasn't able to do anything for myself. They had to make my dinner, breakfast, everything. So uh, it was really difficult. Didn't have my family with me at all, so it was all, it was all on my own. Um, it got easier as the rehab phase come into it because I felt myself every day, obviously getting stronger. Uh, and then, like I said to you, I had a taste for it coming pre-season. Was was really happy to be back, but like I said, there's a few complications with it. Uh, and then, like I said last week, I managed to train fully and, and was thrown straight in because there was there was hardly any, you know, wasn't cover for centre back. So, uh, like I said, yeah, I did the work and I just feel great now to be back and, and you know, touch wood, it, it can continue like that. Yeah, the match itself, drama at the end. One of your housemates, Billy King, scores the winner. Great cross by Dara Burns and really, really, you know amazing scenes of you guys celebrating and you know what was ultimately a big home win yeah absolutely look it shows our character um you know i said in the previous interview if you're a neutral or you're a fan and you're looking at the game you're saying right pat should go and get the three points here but Jordan were really good they, they had a really good setup they were hard to break down and they caused us problems on the counter uh, i think maybe 10 15 games you're probably looking at that result going it's a good three points um and like i said to you look it shows our character it shows how fit we are shows how hard we worked in pre-season um, but look, it, it's important now. We follow it up. We've got a big game on Saturday, um, and we have to we have to stay consistent. How did you find your first ninety minutes back and to play beside Lee Desmond, who's been really impressive in the first couple of games as well? A really experienced partner, and then Shane Griffin goes off injured. You get the experience of Ian Birmingham coming on. You've got John Mountney beside you as well. So you know, it was, I suppose it for your first start back to have that experience around you. That's what you want. Um, you know, it's, it's important. Uh, it's important to build those relationships in pre-season. Um, I felt really comfortable with Lee. I've obviously played against played against Lee a few times now, and it isn't until you you work with him on a on a daily basis you you sort of realise how good he is and how comfortable I felt the other day. Again, Ian Birmingham goes back to what the gaffer says a lot. You know, it's a uh, it's a small squad this season, so we need everyone. And it was one of them one when it was one of them ones when Griff come off. You're sort of saying to yourself, right, it's no problem. We got Ian Birmingham to come on, so it's great to have that. Um, I played in a few teams before where you're sort of saying, oh, if he gets injured, we're struggling, but we don't have that this year. We've got a good, um, you know, got a good, a good squad. So uh, no, look, like I said, great three points, um, but it's, it's important now we, we stay consistent. We don't drop the standards. 
Yeah, there's a very good clip on our social media channels if you haven't seen it follow at Tim Pats FC of uh, Sam pushing the pack of, of celebrating players somewhere yeah. tell me more like I said it was my first game in seven months first competitive game so I needed that extra 30 seconds extra 30-40 seconds so it was a case of Billy scored the goal and decides to run towards the flipping halfway line whereas I was like nah, nah, nah. go to the corner take those 40 seconds rest regroup and uh, and then see it out for the, the, the last three minutes um, Billy being Billy scores the goal and decides to run towards the corner so that was just what it was me me pushing them up as far as away from the, the centre circle as possible so a time wasting tactic and uh, if you look actually Jamie Lennon halfway through is kind of wondering what, what is going on here but Matty Smith says to me I wanted to punch after that I said what for he said you were pushing me I didn't even realise it was just more a case of keeping everyone as far as away from the centre circle as possible Sam lastly another really good week of training heading into another Dublin Derby way to Bohemians on Saturday what's your thoughts on that Look, it's difficult. Uh, Dublin Derby's are the same. They, they, especially three, the third game in, it's, it's going to be a high intensity. Um, I don't care about, you know, Bowles' last results. I know they got beat to Finn Harps and Longford. It doesn't matter. Um, they're a difficult side, difficult side to break down with some really good players and made some good additions to the side. And it's going to be a tough game. But like I said to you, if we can, if we can come into it and, and maintain the standards and, and play at an intensity, then look, I don't see why we can't we can't get the three points. And lastly, you haven't got four points in the first couple of games. It's a good start, two good performances, and you guys must be in quite confident mood heading into the match. Absolutely, look, it builds momentum. Um, you know, there's nothing worse than coming in and you're second-guessing yourself and saying, right, we should have, we should have got the three points. But um, look, it builds momentum, it builds confidence within the team. Um, training th- during the weeks a, a lot sharper. Everyone's a lot happier. Um, but like I said, yeah, it's, it's so important that we we don't go into it thinking you know we don't go into it smelling ourselves. Going, Look, we've got four points. We drew to Shamrock Rovers. We should beat Bowes. That's not the case. You know, we've got to approach it professionally, um, play it intensity from the first minute, and then and then go from there. Sam, thanks a million. No worries. So with head coach Stephen O'Donnell looking ahead to our third game of the season, it's away to Bohemians live on Watch LOI on Saturday. It's at Daily Mount at six o'clock. Stephen, all excitement for another Dublin derby on Saturday? Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, we roll into another big game. Um, you know, obviously Bowes have been doing, done well the last couple of years, so it's going to be a very tough game. Um, our record wouldn't be the greatest recently over Bowes, so something we're looking to rectify. But we know we're going to have to be at our best to, to get something from the game. How would you reflect on the first two performances, the point in Tala and the last-minute win over Drogheda last time out? Yeah, points-wise, it's been a reasonable start. Uh, four from obviously two games. Uh, I thought there were some good aspects of Drogheda as well. You know, I thought we started both halves well. I thought we were in total control of the second half when we got the goal and obviously then conceding the sloppy equaliser. It sort of rocked us a little bit and you know it gave Drogheda a bit of momentum. But we sort of wrestled it back and then obviously delighted to get the late winner. Um, you know, winning the ball high up the pitch and then Dara Burns uh, for a young player having the composure to pick out Billy who made a good run to the back post and then a very good finish so you know great way to finish the game on Saturday and happy with some aspects of the game and obviously you know so early in the season and in general lot of, lots of things to improve on you know yeah, we've a really nice behind-the-scenes video of the game and we captured both goals, St. Pat's goals from behind the goal and really great scenes when the lads celebrate when Billy scores and there's a real feeling of, of, of the team being together and wins like that in the last minute, having you know, been won all literally in the last minute, has to breed confidence and a, I suppose a bond with the group. Yeah, exactly. Look, it gives belief. Late goals, late winners give belief. Um, all successful teams have have a consistent sort of pattern of getting late goals, late winners. So, you know, it was good testament to our boys' character that they stayed going right to the end and got the rewards. And, you know, there is a nice mix. There's uh, experienced players here and then obviously young players coming up through and players that have, have came from across the water and that. But they're all gelling really well, um, as far as I can see on the training ground. And, that, and there's a good atmosphere around the place and they're all willing to work hard for each other. And that's the main thing. Yeah, you've spoken a lot about the squad being smaller this year, but being higher in quality. And that was probably shown on Saturday when Shane Griffin had to go off. Club captain Ian Birmingham comes on. We didn't have Paddy Barrett's bone starts his first game in eight months, plays brilliantly. And the squad is, is really, really strong, which I'm sure you're quite happy with the options that you have. Yeah, exactly. You know, as I said, you know, it's tight margins for a lot of team selections and, and the makeup of our squad is and with the amount of games we're going to have coming up that everyone's going to be utilised and as I said I, I wanted a situation where I could make maybe two or three or four changes to a team in any given week and the starting 11 strength wise not being affected so you know we have that we have good quality and as I said the, the, the young boys are pushing it as well that you know have come through you can see them progressing week on week and day on day so they're giving a 
good bit of freshness to it as well and also keeping the experienced boys on their toes because you know them them young players are also chomping at the bit to get an opportunity and having lads coming off the bench as well in, in Dara Burns and Billy getting the winner the other day as well players want to make an impact for you and make sure that you're in their mind or they're in your mind and Alan's mind coming into the next match yeah exactly obviously you know you have three players there obviously you know everyone wants to play but as you said uh, Burma coming on for Shane Griffin just before half time he's involved in, in the winner uh, raiding down the left and, and getting the ball into row who hits the post and then the other two subs combine as I, we spoke about earlier Dara great unbelievable composure to win the ball back high up and then have the wherewithal to not panic and maybe take a touch and try and get a shot away to have take a touch and you know, look up and um, you know then have the quality to execute and Billy then coming in at the back post so there's three there are three changes all combining for for the for the winner so it is fine margin and an original team but you know you see so often these days especially with the five sub rule and that ultimately it's um, it's not always about the, the starting eleven. It's it's more so you see a lot of the time changes impacting games, and that's what we want to have. You know, obviously lads want to start, but you know it's not if you don't start, it doesn't mean you're not going to have a huge say on any given game. I know Dublin derbies are so different without the crowds, but how will having played Shamrock Rovers two weeks ago help in a second Dublin derby against Bohemians in terms of just the lads being up to that intensity of what the derbies are like? Yeah, Dublin derbies take on life of their own, obviously. You know, adrenaline-wise and atmosphere-wise, it would be intensified or multiplied a good bit if there was a crowd there. So there's no crowd there, but like there's still lots at stake, and obviously there's there's bragging rights, but also there's points at stake. And um, you know, we're fully concentrating on trying to sort of continue our start to the season and get as many points on the board. And you know, as I said earlier, we're going to have to be at our at our best to to get something off those who who have done, who have been successful the last couple of years. But it's a game we're looking forward to, and you know, preparation's gone well so far, so we're really looking forward. To it. And just lastly, on balls, they've obviously had a really good couple of seasons. They've been quite good against St. Pat's in recent seasons as well. They've started with a defeat and a point, but Keith Long has a very strong squad there. And I know your lads will be going into it, you know, making sure, knowing that they have to play to their best to win. Yeah, they have a lot of players there, a lot of experienced players, you know. Um, so they, they, they're one of the biggest squads in the league. So, you know, ultimately, I think the league, the start of the first two rounds have started open. You know, there has been different results. So, you know, it could be a team, it could be a pattern throughout the season. So, obviously, Bows are going to be looking at this game as a massive game, as are we. And, uh, you know, points on the board or points on the table will go out the window once the once kickoff comes at six o'clock. It's all about the there and then. Yeah, the voices there of head coach Stephen O'Donnell and before him, Sam Bone speaking to us on Talking Saints. Looking ahead to a big Dublin derby against Bohemians, which will be at Dalyman Park on Saturday at six o'clock. The game will be live on Watch LOI and our Saints 2021 really looking forward to their second Dublin Derby in a couple of weeks. Now, we're on TikTok, folks. If you'd like to give us a follow, it's at St. Patrick's Athletic FC on TikTok. And we're trying to give you an insight into some behind-the-scenes stuff from the club, from the first team, from match days, from training sessions, from media days. Also, our academy, which will be returning at the end of the month, our Saints in the community and everything else in between, really. So it's at St. Patrick's Athletic FC on TikTok if you'd want a really interesting inside and behind the scenes look at all things Saints. You are listening to Talking Saints with myself, Jamie Moore, and we're going to finish this week's podcast with an interview with a young man called Taylor Mooney who completed a very interesting challenge called the 4x4x48 in aid of the cardiac unit at Crumlin Children's Hospital in memory of his little brother Lennon. And Taylor joins me to tell me more. You are watching or listening to Talking Saints, the official St. Patrick's Athletic Podcast with myself, Jamie Moore. Thanks very much for jumping on. We've already reflected on our pre-season with Pats in the community programme and heard from head coach Stephen O'Donnell and first-team player Sam Bone ahead of the Dublin Derby against Bohemians this weekend. And now we're going to focus on one of our academy players who did something very interesting and difficult, but for a really good cause a couple of weeks ago in the middle of the month. It was called the 4 by 4 by 48 Challenge, and the man who did it is Taylor Mooney, and he's with me now. How are you, sir? Uh, good, Jamie. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Enjoying the sunshine, of course. And uh, we spoke to you a couple of weeks ago before this challenge. Um, you might just remind us what it was, the idea behind it, and how it went. So it was a 4 by 4 by 48 Challenge, so we ran four kilometres every four hours for 48 hours. Um, we've done it for a charity uh, Crumman's Children's Hospital cardiac unit, unit in memory of my little brother Lennon who died a couple of, passed away a couple of years ago so 
the idea itself, you saw an Instagram challenge and you said it to your dad as as kind of a joke, but all of a sudden he thought you were serious and you guys yeah. between you, I suppose, maybe put your own slant on things. Yeah, no, I said to me that I was I was half and half attempting, I was thinking about doing it, but um yeah, I said to my dad and he said that we should do it for charity and then thinking about it, it was a really good idea to do instead of doing it for nothing. Obviously raising a little bit of money for a good cause and went went and done it then. So talk me through how it actually was and, and again it was basically a four kilometer run every four hours for two days at all hours of the day and night. Yeah, well it was all about pacing pacing myself really. I think I got I got through it really well. I think um it was it was really tough. It was you feel the soreness on your legs by the end of it. Had a good rest day after. Um, Ranger John gave me a day after day after, so it was grand. Yeah, fair play to John for that. And I know the whole St Pat's Academy went down and did their own runs in their own five kilometer lockdowns to to support you on Saturday. I think their their academy Zoom was cancelled, and it was it was nice to see all of those. But for you to have to do them every four hours, and I know you did a couple in the middle of the night on, on a treadmill to avoid you having to go out in the dark and the cold and stuff. Um, like. How was all that, and what did you find as the hardest parts of it? Yeah, the ones in the middle of the night were really tough. Uh, they were really, really, um, with the tiredness and only getting up, especially I was able to stay up till 12 o'clock, just, just like, just sitting down. Like normal 15 year olds watching Netflix and playing PlayStation, yeah. you mean? <laughs> yeah, watching, yeah, watching the telly and all. So just staying up to 12 o'clock, that was, that was actually, I found that quite handy the first day. Um, but then we got the four o'clock, the the first day and the second day, uh, the second night was uh, there was extremely tough and it was really really sore in my body and nearly felt like giving up at some points. So it was really tough. Yeah, and then it'd be up again at eight to do another one and and were you just like in between runs, just literally getting home, having a nap or getting on the sofa and what did you do as well about kind of food and hydration and stuff? Yeah, well, we got um, a couple of plans and. We ate, um we loaded up on food really well, you know. It was it was grand. Like the field and what well, we done that really well. Um planned for that really well and it was grand like that. But um getting up at eight o'clock was t- uh, was quite tough, but on the second day you knew you only had one more run to do, so you just trotted through it and then got you the last one. So it was grand. There you go. So four kilometers every four hours for two days, and he just trotted through the last one. That just shows how fit you are. Um, how was the last one, and how did it feel to actually get across that finish line with your dad as well? It was a great achievement. Like obviously, not too many fifteen-year-olds think of attempting it. Obviously, I mean, I'm not sure I would do it again for a while anyway. But uh, it was a proud moment. Obviously, doing it for a good, for a good cause and. So tell me about when you actually finished. What did you What did you do? Did you go straight to the chipper? Did you go straight to bed? Did you get, go straight to get a some sort of a milkshake or a treat? Or what did you actually do when when you, you had actually achieved the end goal? Uh, we were walking back, uh, stopped off and got a hot chocolate, and then went home and slept for God knows how long. And <laughs> uh, got up again and had a pizza. <laughs> That's it, really. So if you're under 50 manager, John Dunn, who is watching now, so you've gone from having the day off and then you had the hot chocolate and then you had the pizza. But I think he'll probably allow it just given how uh, how tough it was. And I'd say your body was yeah. quite sore, was it, for a couple of days? Oh, yeah, I was wrote off for a couple of days. <laughs> Definitely Sunday and the Monday was really, I was staying in bed all day and just relaxing, just recovering from all the runs. But then back in the train on Tuesday was grand. Yeah, you're all doing your, your home home training sessions on Zoom and so forth. And hopefully look at this government guidance at the end of the month that we'll be back doing the, the non-contact training, which would be great as well. Lastly, just the, the reason that you did it and, and the cardiac unit at Crumlin Children's Hospital and, you know, you raised over €3,000 on the GoFundMe and, and you know, it's it's a time when charities haven't been able necessarily to do the, the, work, the, the fundraising work that they would usually do because they have to do social distancing and that sort of stuff as well. So... Like for someone of your age to think of something and to raise so much money for such a good charity, like how does that make you feel? It was, I was really proud of it, and obviously my family and my uh, my family 
all my family and some most all my friends were really proud of me as well. So it was it was really it was enjoyable to do as well, knowing that it was going for a good cause. So that's it. And also, yeah, keeping your fitness taking over for the return of the season too. So what's the next yeah. uh, Taylor Mooney challenge? Have you have you thought of something else interesting to do, or will it just be get back with, with the football team and, and do some some actual training and not worry about doing all the running? Uh won't be worrying about running anytime soon, <laughs> anyway, but yeah. Win the league. <laughs> yeah, win the league. That's a great one. Taylor, thanks a bit for jumping on. Well done. I know it was a couple of weeks ago at this stage, but this is our first podcast since you finished it off. So congrats again. Everybody in the academy and the club is, is really proud of you and your dad and everybody for uh, the achievement and, and what you did for, for Lennon and for the hospital. So well done. And uh, we'll see you on a football pitch. Hope you really soon. Yeah, thanks, Sam. Yeah, what a great achievement by Taylor Mooney and his dad, Brian, and everybody else involved. And the whole St. Pat's Academy took part virtually last Saturday or two Saturdays ago as well, doing their own 4K runs to support the charity. So well done to everybody involved. And we can't wait, thanks to that government announcement during the week, that it looks like our academy teams will be back training at the end of April as well. So looking forward to seeing our 14s, 15s, 17s and 19s back on the pitch. And we'll be catching up with Director of Football and Academy Director Ger O'Brien on the next episode of Talking Saints to hear all about our Saints Academy. That just about brings us to the end of Talking Saints for this week, episode three. I want to tell you though, if you go on to stpatsfc.com, it'll bring you to the link to our Super Saints store. And there's so much cool merchandise and stuff online, whether they be jerseys, home and away, the new goalkeeper kit, all the training range, caps, hats, cups, everything you can think of. It's a really, really, really cool website. Newly designed recently. It's supersaintstore.com or you'll get it through stpatsfc.com. And one thing we did want to tell you about was our new golden goal competition. So for every match this season, we're giving you the chance to win a few quid. It's a hundred euro in cash or 125 euro voucher for the supersaintstore.com. Basically, for each match, you go online, you click the game. So for this match this Saturday, for example, it's Bohemians. It'll cost you a fiver. And basically, if the number that's generated for you is the time of the first goal in the game, scored by either St. Pat's or the opposition, you will win €100 in cash or a €125 for the Super Saint store. So that's a nice one and you can just have a little bit of crack and it also supports the club as well. So jump on to the website, click the Bohemians game. You can click as many games forward as you want. We've got the first nine games of the season up there. Deborah Boyd won the first week. The goal, the opening goal scored by Rona Coughlin scored in the 59th minute against Drogheda. So have a look at that, supersaintstore.com. Find the golden goal. All the information is there. That is it for episode three of Talking Saints with myself, Jamie Moore. Thank you very much for uh, listening and joining us. As I mentioned, please feel free to spread the word to friends, family and all the saints in your life about the podcast. We'll be back in a couple of weeks' time and the best luck to the Super Saints against Bowles in the Dublin Derby on Saturday. Have a great week, folks, and we'll see you soon. Stay safe. Bye-bye.